0: I think one of the best utilities, this terror situation, how bad it is in itself, is to show people in a short time frame what hyperinflation is. What happened to Venezuela, what happened to Zimbabwe in a matter of days, weeks, happened in a few hours. Then this algorithmic system simulated to a grand scale and what's slowly happening to the U.S. dollar. (laughs)
1: Good, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, actually, in the world. Thank you for tuning in, congratulations of Social Compost! I'm Shalut together with Diego. How oh, are you
0: doing, man? Doing good. I got to say, you look bright today. All that energy yeah. back end with the uh, drumming to the the <laughs> intro song. Haven't seen you this energetic in a while.
1: Yeah, that means one, I slept well. Two, I'm, I'm pumped to, to do it again. So I think, I think all in all, it's a good thing, right? But I wouldn't say it was my most prepared show ever or anything like that. Uh, but I'm just happy and excited to, to do a brand new social confos and actually just, just the two of us. Of course, that's going to come to an end very soon because we will have guests on coming on to a new episodes. But yeah, we should definitely do a recap of what has gone on uh, in the past week.
0: Don't you think? Uh, yeah, there's been uh, quite some developments. We touched on a few things last week, but obviously things. Elaborate it more. So I, I think a few things, uh, like maybe if, if you look at the one thing that's popular, um, you mentioned. Uh, I haven't been following it re- lately. Was the, the the trial between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Funny that you mentioned that. The the only way I know about it is through Twitch because streamers are actually watching that, reacting to that content. <laughs> oh really? Oh really? So that's a thing. So, so, yeah. So We we could dive into that in a bit on reaction content and especially how streamers set up. I I found it quite intriguing having found more streamers lately and how they, I guess, interact. It's quite different from YouTube. So it's quite interesting. Is it now? And in in what
1: sense is it different from YouTube? Because here's, here's my interest. I think one of the things that makes streaming interesting is the engagement levels. Like I feel like where. Kind of streaming is winning from mainstream television at the moment. Is that with mainstream television, it's like it's all set in stone. Everything is kind of scripted. It's like these are the questions that's going to be asked, these are the answers that are going to be given. Whereas with streaming, first of all, there's a surprise element, there's something that could happen, but also you as a viewer get to interact and the presenter even responds to those questions, those comments that you make. Is it that kind of thing that you're find interesting in Twitch, or is it something else that you find
0: interesting I, I guess let's put on, put in some context first, so obviously, at least for me the the first thing when you think about twitch when you think about streaming is video games, right but the the most yeah, popular and, section and, yeah the most popular section is actually the just chatting section the category, and the just chatting category is basically. Streamers just literally chatting with their chat, either watching a video, reacting to something or just in a room or uh, in an I, I, IRL stream as they go on the streets with a camera on and they literally just live stream what they're doing and interact with their chat. So this, that, since, this
1: since this is going to be
0: a segment, I'm going to do a little dive into
1: because this is going to be a segment in my book. I quickly want to address this. So back in, I don't think, 2015, I started uh, researching traffic, like website traffic in Suriname, like which were visited websites. Now put in caution because I used Alexa and Alexa simply didn't have all the data, but they were collecting data. And well, till this day, Alexa has been used to track data and in official reports for we are... uh, Good suite and We Are Social, I like statistics that even I use to get uh, a good grip of uh, what's the social landscape or the online landscape in so they use Alexa as well.
0: Just for clarity, Alexa not referencing to Amazon, right? Alexa. At-
1: well, Alexa.com, I'm not sure if Amazon bought them as well, but at least they were the tracking website. You, I think things, a lot of things happen, but Alexa.com used to be the, the ranking site for the world. Like if you wanted to know how is your website mm-hmm. was ranking? worldwide, but also if you're in your country, you would use Alexa and Alexa would give you a global rank. Like uh, your website is the fifth 50 million most visited website over the past three months, and then you would, could also get like, in Suriname, your website is the uh, most visited website in Suriname. I mean, the data wasn't complete, but at least there was data. And in 2016, I think I started doing Alexa uh, like traffic uh, as well. And I was like. So I was like going through the top 50 websites, I think top 50 or top hundred websites in, in Suriname. Uh, at one point I, you could view the top 200 list website, but at a certain point it became top 50, you could only see the top 50. So I was going through that list and of course there are a lot of adult content sites in that list as well.
0: So is, what is a, this public data or is it like behind the pub- It's, it's public data, it's mostly okay. public
1: data. So what social, we are social and Hootsuite de, did recently, I think like in 2020, they decided to take those adult websites out of those lists from country because it was very, you know, like they were publishing the list of the 50 most web, visited websites in the Netherlands. And then there would be like five to 10 adult content sites on that list. They were like, uh, oh, and probably they got some feedback from it. So they removed all the adult content websites from the list. So in 2016, there was like this website for sure now, which was called ChatterBit. And I had never heard of ChatterBit and you have you heard, heard of it? ChatterBit? So no, no I haven't. Okay. So you have heard of Chat Roulette, right? Which is basically roulette with people chatting. Yeah. 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 Okay. And chatterbane is basically chat, and turbate it makes sense. You know what the, what the word is that stands next to it, and this is actually a website where there's a lot of adult it's basically adult content, but the the creators, the streamers they are tokens from their streams, and they can award people so people can pay with tokens and they have to do a certain thing and they have like a tip menu, and if you tip a certain thing, they have to do the thing that you tip for. So basically, it's kind of like,
0: yeah. So just to bring back that to Twitch, kind of Twitch also has these mechanisms built in, like channel yeah, points, right. and giving uh, kind of sites. Yeah. Even TikTok,
1: like I know it. It's, it's insane that I'm going from an adult website to TikTok, but even TikTok also has these tokens and coins that you can give to creators. YouTube has tokens and coins that you, well, YouTube actually has real money because they have a subscription style uh, layout where you can actually, I have to research a little bit because I'm in a partner program now and there are these options that I just haven't looked at yet where you can actually have memberships. So paid memberships and people can pay to have like a little logo next to the name and those kind of things. So it's kind of the Patreon style. I'm a Patreon, I pay every month and it's kind of be embedded in different layers on different creator platforms and like on the the website channel, they also have like a lot of people of course some of the people are really like really graphic content but there are also people that are just chatting and it's kind of this weird kind of thing where like on twitch it's kind of more like the even the pg turkey or the but some sometimes it's really also like uh, a way to attract viewers to monetize the viewers later so it's yes. kind of Weird kind of where you have to decide, like, am I doing it to get a much, a lot of traction and do I monetize it through merch or something else? Uh, Do I just want to grow my following that I have a big following and transfer them also to integrate them with my other socials or is it just straight up for the money I'm streaming to get paid and this is kind of my day job and my viewers also know that it's kind of my day job. So I think that's this really weird dynamic that, that we're in.
0: So coming back to that on Twitch, so uh, the, the day job part or the job part. So if you look at the metrics, at least the top earners are like, it's a small percentage, like any other platform, it is a very small percentage. Like most of the viewers go to like, you know, one of the top 10, if you see like a thousand, between a thousand and ten thousand 10,000 concurrent viewers, you are in the, the high ranks of uh, Twitch. And that, that is a, a big number as well, right? So, and if you look at, kind of draw that parallel back to traditional media, these individuals or these streamers are kind of entertainers to a certain degree, right? So those who've like monetized capital and capitalize on that, it is a main source of income, but from what I've seen, at least a few of them I followed, they started as, you know, an expression of self. And that personality kind of drew a certain crowd and that just grew over time. And many, it took at least three, four, five years before they actually got into that position. So it's, it's quite interesting because Twitch also takes a big cut of those payments. So they monetize through donations or through other types of merchandise as well.
1: Interesting thing now, now that you mentioned it since now, actually I do want to stream this, the show back on Twitch as well. And since you're uh, allowing me to go and do it on my channel, I might even do that. Because I think that's, it, it would work. I mean, you use Twitch for gaming. Uh, I don't currently use Switch, So it's an interesting uh, dynamic to see if that works. Like for instance, I, I, we don't stream this on my YouTube because my YouTube is in Dutch. And for you, it's perfect because it's the main thing that pops up when you go to your channel and to get back to the part that you mentioned, because it's interesting, you say like they, they can be themselves and the kind of the channel grows from there. It's often the personality, like, is it an interesting, is it an interesting personality Yeah, and
0: actually the acknowledgement and engagement towards the chat that kind of lets keep people come back. Yeah. And yeah. you got to develop thick skin to a certain degree.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you don't have to like on our, on our other podcast, on the Lucky D show, we have like some people that it's like, I feel like sometimes they come into fan, like they have want to take something off their chest and they, yeah. they want to let it know. And in most cases, we we pop it on, on screen. We don't always have time to go into it, but we do pop it on screen to let them know like, Hey, we saw the comment. Whereas. Some people just come and like they put nasty comments, like complaining all the time. And at certain points, you're like, "Wait, but why are you watching this video if you're not satisfied with the content?" On the other
0: side, there are people like that who just tune into streamers' channels just to
1: Yeah. But on the other hand, there are some very valid com- comments. So if you, if you, as a, as a streamer, if you are like neglecting completely what's being said by the viewers and the comments that are coming in. If you completely neglect neglecting, they won't come back for it. But if you actually engage and even if you differ from opinion, go into the topic, they might they might respond and actually stay. Which brings me to a comment that came in. Raul wants to know what's the topic today. So how would we frame the conversation that we we're having having today?
0: So basically we're having some Developments, updates of the week and how we got into this conversation on Twitch and streaming is basically, I explained to Jean-Luc the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial that's going on right now. The way I found out was through stream to Twitch and to other streamers reacting to it. So that's kind of how we rabbit hole into this discussion on how streaming content has evolved over the years and if it's a viable platform to for creators as well. And yeah, is it evenly distributed for opportunity? I don't know, but there's a community for everything. The interesting part is especially uh, the just chatting part being so huge that 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 was quite interesting for me. And it's huge in different, even in the just chatting part, there's many different categories within that itself. So like I mentioned the IRL streams, I think last year there was a meta going around that people had bathtub streams. Like I have no idea how that, but every other streamer, even the gaming streamers were mentioning, yeah, uh, maybe we should do a bathtub stream or something. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. And uh, just to uh, to the degree that it's still safer work. I Can we
1: say it would be something like current trends and, and, and- I, I think,
0: I think it's when a popular streamer does something, they try something very random or hasn't been done on the platform and they get reactions. The others try to copy it because it, it's like setting a trend, right? Just to get traction there, like, oh, they did it. What kind of spin can we give to it? I think that's how you could see it as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, because from, from the, the debt hurt situation, there is a very interesting thing that happens, which is the whole USD Terra Luda situation. So can we dive in? Do you feel like we're kind of hitting the bottom of the bear market already? Or are we still a couple of boats out? I'm
0: hesitant to say, I like, make, make a prediction that I think it's safer to just observe what's happening. So let, let's let state some facts. I think that the last peak, if we lay out the trajectory from the last year, like this around this year, we had a peak. And I think a few weeks later you had the first dip and then in October, November it spiked up again, and now we're going down again. I won't necessarily say we're bottoming out yet because it's hard to define when a bear and bull market start because the 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 charts the statistics that you see is always le- lagging behind market sentiment right people act first and that gets reflected on the charts the the indexes the data so data is always lagging on action so that's one part i would say that's kind of interesting other than that the luna terra situation kind of triggered a huge sell off right the the, what happened to luna and terra for the folks listening in to give you context what luna and, and terra are terra is a is a i think it's a separate chain a separate ecosystem and they introduced a algorithmic stablecoin so a stablecoin like uh, usdc usd tether the high dollar is kind of a representation of one US dollar in fiat currency. And Terra was an experiment on having this done algorithmically. And so what happened when a huge sell-off happened? This triggered like, how do I say this?
1: Kind of a hyperinflation, right?
0: Yeah, so basically one UST, US dollar Terra, It's supposed to be backed to one US dollar and it's supposed to be backed by assets equivalent to that, just like USDT and USDC are supposedly backed by assets or US dollars in a certain vault. But because there was a huge sudden sell off, this triggered the algorithm to kind of try to maintain that system because the price dropped below $1 and to try to maintain that it created extra liquidity of um, Terra because that's what you exchange for the USD. And so it's like money printed go brr on steroids. So the supply within a few hours, like double, tripled, quadrupled, and this caused the, they call it a death spiral, like the, the price going infinitely down until it converts to zero and that kind of destroyed the, the The Terra ecosystem and those holding Terra. So people went from millions to just zero in a matter of hours. And that impacted the larger crypto market because Terra had a vault of Bitcoin that they bought, I think a month ago, like $10 billion of Bitcoin. And they had to insert that to try and stabilize the algorithm, but it didn't work. So there was a huge sell off of Bitcoin again that cr- caused a huge spike in Bitcoin. So all the markets are correlated to that, kind of go with that.
1: Are there other examples? Like I, I've seen other examples of stablecoin completely going to zero as well, because this is basically a mechanism. And yeah. so far it's, it's proven that the mechanism doesn't work. They, they can't keep the pack. And that seems to be the flaw with this kind of decentralized model. So,
0: uh, yeah, let's talk about the mechanism, which is why last week I was interested in you know. Feel
1: free to talk about the mechanism because I'm gonna try to improve my internet connection for a second.
0: Sure. So last week we talked about the high back dollar, like increasing their APR by staking or holding it to twenty percent, right, and if we look anchor, the anchor protocol was built on terra was a, a way to stake your uh, coins and they had a very high interest rate on return and you could see it like that was being heavily subsidized instead of you know using that money to go into marketing, they subsidized kind of artificially inflated those rates to attract people using the 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 platform to a short degree. so that's kind of how they could support those high interest rates and over time, those interest rates, uh, you know, get less and less and less, and as more users come in, it gets less interesting. So people got liquidated who, who, who held those positions. So their kind of holdings went to zero. So while they were trying to make a quick, yeah, relatively quick return on their holdings, it went to zero because. It was kind of part of the whole mechanism that imploded on itself. Yeah. So that's one part of it. And people are at least Twitter, people are kind of looking at this event. Like, uh, is it going to be a like BitConnect event that happened in 2017, 2018 that people shrugged off, or is it, you know, um, going to have, leave a larger imprint on the larger crypto world. It's an experiment because I think the founder even did, they want to try and reboot the project. So is it going to last? I don't think so. Stable coins are tricky.
1: Yeah. I think I'm back. I think, I think this is much better. I don't know what happened exactly. So the question I wanted to ask, did you own any note?
0: No, I did not. Okay. I did not, but just for fun, I threw like a few dollars as, as it crashed, just as a. at what point, at what point in the crash did you buy it? Just to, I don't do. I, I don't even remember, but it's zero now. <laughs> 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 that, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, okay. it was already down like 99% and from that 99% down, oh, yeah, it was, it's down 99% again. True. <laughs> yeah. so. so yeah, don't cheese, uh cloud Joe, don't, don't chase. So that that was just you know a that that was literally a gamble, like, and, like yeah, no yeah, research whatsoever, just some something in there.
1: It has kind of stabilized now. I mean, the 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 founder kind of released a plan on how he hopes to
0: to to change everything. So they're gonna going to do a a hard fork. They they're trying to pull an eat eat uh, eat a, eat classic, basically yeah. what happened in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so, going to work? Uh, no, it's it's not. I mean, it's, it's actually,
1: it's actually essentially not. It's going to give a little bit of feedback, but, but you, it's a lose at this point. I mean, like somebody shared an article that Binance was heavily involved in it as well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, well, at a scale as it is, and it's just being a stable coin and just the, the reputation, personalities, venture capital around it, it's yeah. A different story compared to the, the DAO hack that happened in 2016 with Ethereum. And you, you had like, you know, other stakes there and even within Ethereum, there were internal struggles. So the the thing is that
1: interesting, and this comes very close to what we've called MLMs in the past uh, concerning crypto, because the, the concept with, with Terra, like, I like the concept of Terra, like how they, especially in Korea with the payments, like they already included that. The problem is now, just like with XRP, I think these are two separate things. Like, it's like having multiple, and that's something you see more often with, with with blockchain projects where like one entity is having some kind of like three coins that are being listed and it's. I'm not sure how to explain it because even with games, you have the same thing. But it does worry me to a certain degree that it doesn't become kind of shifting. Like we try to balance it out, We try to balance out uh, a stable coin with another coin.
0: Yeah. So not with another coin. It's, yeah, I, I guess you could call it another coin, but it's like that mechanism to get liquidity in the market. So you need to incentivize people to come into the market. So that's why the other coin was introduced and those high interest yeah. rates. Right. So uh, that's worrying.
1: I mean, that's yeah. worrying.
0: Like, I think when you disconnected, I mentioned like, instead of, you know, pumping uh, millions of dollars in marketing to attract users, they kind of inflated artificially inflated the interest rates to subsidize that for a short term to pay out users. That's. The anchor yeah, protocol. its a physical product, so I think from the mainstream
1: perspective, like there's still two kind of concerns people have that I feel like okay, you, you to some degree have a point. Uh, one I I've let go now is the ecological issue, but that I feel like the ecological issue is only an issue with Bitcoin.
0: And, and that, that has person. been like debunked.
1: It has been debunked, it's, it has been debunked, but you, you can't, you can't really explain it to mainstream people, people in, who are mainstream yet, like yeah. they, they don't fully understand it, but that's even something more with Bitcoin and not as much with the other altcoins. Like it's, Bitcoin does use a lot of energy, but the altcoins don't like on that
0: level. Like, yeah, because from the, it's, writing, the principle is, it's different, it's different. so so it, it, it the cuts, UST is yeah. literally just a representation of a dollar. like, it, yeah, it's a it's, middle, how do you call it? Use, I, I can't say middleman, but middle asset, basically. Yeah. To interact so, with so
1: that things, the... that takes... And the second thing is, is what we just talked about. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's more kind of like a belief system. I mean, it is the world we live in now, but that's something if you believe in something, you trust something, you're willing to invest in
0: it. That's, that's the utility part. That's the part where I I, I I think, think I I think one of the best utilities, this terror situation, how bad it is in itself is to show people in a short time frame what hyperinflation is, what happened to Venezuela, what happened to Zimbabwe in a matter of days, weeks, happened in a few hours, then this algorithmic system simulated to a grand scale and what's slowly happening to the U S dollar, I would say if this continues on with, you know, how the, the government, the U S government and the, the money supply is being handled right now.
1: But what I find really interesting is that it hasn't disappeared yet. Like usually with this kind of projects and, and when this something this size happens, like this kind of hyperinflation happens, it just gets completely wiped off.
0: Like, it, it, it has been completely wiped off. Okay. It has been delisted at a lot of places. I think Binance had internal debates. I think they left it on after the debate, uh, but a lot of exchanges have delisted it. Yeah, it's getting that reboot. I'm not sure how the community is going to react to it.
1: On. It's still on Kraken. It's still on KuCoin. It's still on Gate. It's still on UB. It's still on FTX. That's a lot. Gemini, Bitfinex, BitTrax, by bit. It's, it's still there. Okay.
0: Pancake. Maybe they'll stop the, the trading part. And the, then again, I think some of the in- exchanges also wanted to roll back some trades that happened and then. This is where it gets touchy, because then you get intervention from the centralized uh, institution, <laughs> stimulating the real world again.
1: And, and and the most fascinating part, the volumes are insane. We're still talking about a volume of a billion dollars over the past.
0: And yeah. Because it? you have the people, like I, I, I was just YOLO, like just throw a, a few dollars in it, <laughs> something happened in Israel. Well. but you, you have people who don't realize what's going on and, and they see like, oh, 99%, this is a chance, like get in now and they, they get burned even harder. No research done. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious because I feel like, and this is also apart from the exchanges, like the trust and belief exchanges have in certain founders, because if you don't, if you don't trust them, you would have delisted the client already. I think that's
0: one of the Here's my theory or deepness. At this scale, there's a lot of venture capital and traditional markets involved behind the scenes as well. And this changes the, the playing field. Five years ago, six years ago, 2015, 16. You didn't have these institutional players. You didn't have these venture, huge venture backings yet with other stakes in mind. So these investors, like backing the company, want to salvage something. My theory, at least if you look at the traditional financial world. So the the, the crypto world is getting kind of, you know, merged with the traditional investment type and that's why so many assets are correlated with each other now. And if a big moves happen, it impacts the whole market, which goes to show it isn't as mature yet, but even looking at the traditional stock market, like Netflix is significantly down. Whoa, what else is down? Like the S&P is down significantly. So all the tech companies, like most of the tech companies feels like Netflix is, is having a blockbuster moment with Disney taking over. The question
1: I got asked today is in the first week, what's your
0: best performing? Best performing asset? Actually, yeah. I still had a Tron bag and for some reason, no. maintained retained and pumped. <laughs> so I liquidated all my Tron. <laughs> so I, I say Tron, <laughs> but I, I have no Tron anymore. So that, but for the rest assets, like everything's down, like uh, parallel to the Luna Terra incident, you also had the Asuki in this incident in NFT world, if you're talking about founders, like Dope One from Terra, you know, a Doc's founder, but the Asuki incident was, he was an un- anonymous founder. People didn't know who he was. And then I think another project found out another project team and they kind of forced him to reveal himself. And apparently he had started other projects that he kind of left and left with the money. So kind of soft rocks and this oh, exposed the wow. uh, the successful Azuki project and like oh, wow. a lot of people liquidated and there was a lot of fun on Twitter. So then you have it again, like anonymity, how valid is it if, if you're talking about big projects like this, big brands and big founders. Yeah, one year ago, an- anonymity was, you know, embraced and now people are going away from this because of the track record that these people kind of leave. And it's a valid point guys. if you invest or, you know, put a stake in something, you, you do want to know what the track record is of of these founders. So that's why we're
1: getting, getting, it's, it's getting more mainstream because you have to know your customer part with the exchanges that they have to like have your identity. So that was the first step. Now people want to know who's actually the founder of the project. So we're moving kind of more towards mainstream, which is really interesting because it's even, it,
0: it shows that we're actually going to mainstream. And that is why I so think T that, friends is the the perfect sweet spot between marrying the two worlds like together, especially as Gary P as an operator, running it track record and kind of Early in the Web3, the crypto space as well, early as 2015, I think. So he he has a certain understanding and, and network within both worlds. And I think he managed to, to a certain degree at least, start bridging the two and getting more adoption through education as well. So that's the other thing. And speaking of the friends, like... The thing that, history, that,
1: yeah, <laughs> the, the thing that's bothering me about even the projects, even Gary's projects is that Like so far it feels like, and this is my concern is like, get there in early, take your winnings and leave. And that's a concerning, I think that's a concerning thing. Like if it's, it's solely about the money. It's really like getting early, getting in early, selling and then leave. And that's really disappointing.
0: But that's it for. The average person as well, like a lot of people got life-changing gains, but uh, a lot of people got destroyed as well. Same thing happened in seventeen, eighteen. But one thing I do got to say, like, if, if you follow the discord communities, check what's happening. Yes. Most of the people say, yeah, they came for the money, but most of them who are still there, they stayed for something else. And that's when you know, okay, you, you are doing something different. You are, the, the, the project does have some other substance in it. Yeah. but, but I mean, they're the coming for the money, too high- just high- enticing for, for you know, you
1: know, the hype culture, like, like this is the hype c- culture on, on zero. It's like, oh my God, something came out. I have to have the duos of the duos. It's like, you don't have to, you know, you, you don't, you really don't have to. And. Because it's so much hype culture, it's like, you really have to wait. And and that's why I like the utility part. Because if you have utility, at least you get something back for it.
0: Yeah. If there's no utility, it's like, poof, well it's gone. Here's the thing about, okay, roadmaps and utility. The, the thing about, you know, having NFTs on the blockchain with a utility component. as a project operator, the projects can always add utility in the future.
1: Yeah, it can. It can, but 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 to give the to, to answer the question I asked earlier, my best performing asset over the past week was BS uh, BUSD. Just just to give you like an idea of how terrible the market is at the moment. <laughs> but that's back. <laughs> that's <bad. laughs> you know? uh. Yeah, but to give you give you an idea of how terrible the, the week is, that's that's the best performing asset USD. <laughs> Like, like there's, there's nothing, like that's the only one that's in 0.5% grid. The rest is like all red. And, and that's why I asked the question. Like, I mean, of course we can't answer the question because like half a year ago, I was telling people like, listen, we're just getting started. This yeah. is going to drop and it's going to drop more. And it's going to drop hard. And when the thing when the thing happened and. Like in the middle of the moon, I think, like everything went down, like Bitcoin jumped under 30K, Ethereum jumped under 2K. And my wife sent me out a text saying like, how's your portfolio doing? <laughs> but I doesn't get involved, but she does know I do have portfolios. So she was like, how does your portfolio do And I was like, I kind of predicted this. So I put everything in NFTs. Actually, the NFTs are right.
0: riskier so, to move, actually, on the contrary.
1: No, actually not. No, actually, actually not. I, I mean, the, the thing with the NFTs is yes, it's riskier in the sense that it's doer, it's but I do feel like I've made the best gamble in saying like, listen, I'm going to use my Ethereum because I bought most of my NFTs with an Ethereum price of around 2.5k. Even if my portfolio on NFT goes down by 30%, it's still better outperforming Ethereum at the moment.
0: Well, not necessarily. Does, does, does that mean like the the NFT is holding its value, or is that on the secondary market also crashing?
1: No. Well, here's the the thing that I I don't. I mean, I have NFTs that or a low volume, you don't know what they're worth, but most of the NFTs that I have are kind of centralized in a way, and they have a very high, I can't sell them within seconds.
0: Okay. If I list them, $2, there's a uh, liquidity, there's volume. They're just gone. You're gone. There's volume. There's, there's, there's massive volume. There's okay. massive volume. No, in, in that case, right. But in most both cases, what might, it... might gain would
1: both my game-related, game blockchain game-related NFTs and my sports NFTs, I can sell them off yeah. if I want to. There's, there's a high demand for them. Whereas, whereas the NFTs on, 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 on OpenSea, for instance,
0: or my NFTs in NFT showroom, not so much.
1: No, not so much.
0: <laughs> in, in value terms, uh, those are more high-valued assets and there's less volume and less supply. So, which make these assets like highly illiquid. So there's no like immediate buyer. And that's kind of why I say it's more risky compared to the liquidity of regular crypto coins. Yeah. yeah.
1: But even, even if I, I, if I look back to when I did most of my credit to buy these NFTs, I'm, I'm pretty much up. Okay. No, that, like, that uh, that's also another thing that,
0: yeah. Well, the, the only thing when you're feeling down is to just zoom out. Uh, you just got to look, start of 2021, are you up from the start of 2021? If yes, there's no reason yeah, to finish exactly. <laughs> if, that. If you're going to compare <laughs> it to the start of 2022, that you're just punching yourself in the face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then you're punching yourself in the face. Definitely. Definitely. And even there, I think I'm be really down thirty percent. Yeah,
0: and just to put that into perspective, if you are in, if you were in the traditional market into tech stocks, you'd be down for some tech stuff, like sixty percent, forty percent. Yeah. So it's it's, it's uh. Yeah, I mean the to in general,
1: like everything, everything is down. the The U.S. dollar is inflated. The euro is inflated. Everything kind of.
0: Speaking well, of the euro, I I, I saw the, the latest Turkey. exchange rate. Like right. it's almost one to one now. What the hell happened to Europe? I I didn't follow yeah. the the developments there, but I suddenly saw that.
1: You kind of have an, an indication of where that comes from, and, and what but it, and what kind of spiraled into it. I mean, like you you can't pinpoint it. But here's the here's the interesting thing: they changed something in seventy one. Like a lot of things,
0: say, uh, changed in seventy one. So. Oh, did, did, did you see my post Andre to uh, WTF in 1971? I, I, I shared it on Facebook. Yeah. 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 So and uh, Andre and, Jake and, made a video.
1: to work. Yeah, Andre Jake yeah, made a video out of the website. It's it's pretty interesting stuff. And it, it's kind of, oh, the, 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 conspiracy, the conspiracy theorists will have a field day with this one.
0: They will. Yeah. I, I actually heard and happened. then found but it through Andre.
1: Theory, the World Economic Forum.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't find it through Andrea at first. Yeah, I actually yeah. found it a few months ago through Robert Breedlove explaining it to Tom on the, the, the website yeah. and 1971 is basically when yeah. uh, the US dollar got up the gold standard officially and then things happened. If you haven't but seen it. it it's very interesting how technology technology the World Forum was founded happen. in
1: 1971. Yeah, because cons- conspiracy theorists are going to have a field day with it. Just the fact that. It, it coincided with the World Economic Forum being it, and now the World Economic Forum wants to do the Great Reset and that's, I mean, like it's, it's its feeding the conspiracy theorists on, on the involvement of the World Economic Forum, kind of putting us into this mess. Well, it's not them,
0: of course, but uh, yeah, well, it, it's that coincide on each other. Some maybe correlated, some so not bad. Bad. yeah, Yeah. Uh, it
1: fits so perfectly. And for, for those who want to kind of like put all the label and avoid looking at the rest just to say like, Hey man, this, this is what really happened. We got the
0: the, right. the other one that was massive. Like the price of real estate, like skyrocketed like back then. I'm not sure if that applies to our local real estate uh, market as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, and 50, as 50 oh, years as ago, you, you need to save like three years worth of annual income to be able to buy a house and now it like multiplied to 10 years.
1: Oh, good luck with that. But also good luck with that in countries like Suriname, the developing country. Like buying a car, like a brand new car. Let's see here.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, coming back to the, the WT have happened to 1971. Check out the video of Andrejik. He, he made a pretty nice breakdown on it. And if you're interested in more deeper content, I, I definitely recommend Checking out Robert Breedlove from, he has his own show, what is money podcast. Very interesting as well. But having that said, I think, Sean, look, we can close it up with some over-under. I actually prepared this week. I, I have a whole list. Oh, wow. More, uh, show. So I, I've been being more proactive on, you know, okay. preparation. preparation, okay. getting back into to it, that, that zone. But yeah, I, I'm giving you the opportunities to start this time before you say I stole yours again.
1: Oh, wow. No, I I don't have anything well-prepared.
0: So let's just, be question mentioned shows, which
1: should which really be like shows in, in general, like our show, but I also actually have some questions about Netflix shows. So is Casa de Papel
0: overrated or underrated? I can't attest to it because I never watched it. So I'm going to say just because it's so overrated, oh, wow. I'm going to say it's overrated.
1: If you haven't watched it, it's overrated (laughs) for you, at least. Okay.
0: Yeah. We had it about streaming and this is a category, a subcategory that's happening in a lot of Twitch is VTubers, overrated or underrated. Well, you have to, you have to elaborate with that. VTubers. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't seen this, but it is actually a category on its own. So VTubers are actually... The, the term came from virtual YouTubers. So what is, is the, the streamers actually create a character. Usually it's an anime character and it face tracks them and everything. And they are this character on screen. (laughs) Okay. I've seen it. I didn't know. Yeah. That's the term, Um, VTubers. So now that you have your context, VTubers, overrated or underrated? From a broader picture, it's
1: probably underrated, but from my personal opinion, it's heavily, heavily overrated. Yeah. I I mean, I I can't, I mean, it does work for some people. I'll I'll give an an example. I I have some people I want on the show very badly, but don't want their face shown, so for them, this would be a perfect solution.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that's usually why people use VTubers well. instead of their face. It's usually people who don't want to appear on cameras. Usually, girls as well. the The gender demographic is is leaning more to females. One that I do want to mention that's kind of like pushing the tech boundary. If you haven't heard of Code Miko before, I definitely suggest looking that one up. Like she's experimenting with the tech, like motion capture, bodysuit, and everything to create a 3D model in the virtual space and pushing the boundaries of what we can do with tech and kind of on the side, sharing that journey on Twitch and so became a Twitch personality, so to speak. Yeah,
1: sorry, sorry. So, so could you, I, I'm not sure if you are the last part, but I don't understand if, if somebody wants recognition for what they do, right? Why would they not show their face. Like I understand it for like people who don't want to show their face.
0: But yeah, there's different reasons. One I, I mentioned when you cut off, but uh, I'm going to restate it here and also come with an example from the other side. So th- I think there's different reasons why people would either, they don't want to show their face, not confident, or want to detach their personal to a fictional character, like uh, performing uh, as a fictional character. And on the other side, I think it's also a certain culture. Uh, A lot of these VTubers are very anime focused. So you also have that kind of niche culture, enjoying this type of content. But on the other side, there's a VTuber called Miko that's actually pushing the boundaries on the tech side. And coincidentally, she sharing this on her stream and kind of is also a Twitch streamer, but she has like full motion capture, bodysuit and everything. And Wow generates the model in Unreal Engine. Uh, so she's like really tech-oriented uh, to push the boundaries on like real facial expressions, kind of hair movement, and like high fidelity rendering on the fly with motion capture. So, and she's like, she she also shows her face, but she's like this alternate character within her Twitch that pushes the boundaries on what's possible with the tech. So that could be a glimpse into like What would be possible in a future looking metaverse basically
1: that's really interesting so so what i want to go into an over under based on that which is a little bit different but since we made the switch is cosplay cosplay overrated or underrated
0: i'd say underrated especially from a cultural standpoint cultural and pop culture yeah it's (laughs) underrated from that perspective because One, it's a tremendous expression of creativity. It's a way for fans to engage with the IP, the intellectual property they care about. So be it from the West, like Marvel, DC Comics, Spider-Man costumes. It's a way to spin off, you know, off IP events. You have these huge Comic-Con events and people just enjoy it. It's a way to connect to that that culture, but also creatively, what can you make with limited assets? Can you remake that Iron Man suit? Some people really, really, really go to the intricacies to remake an Iron Man suit with all those details and just, that just goes to show on craftsmanship. So from that perspective, I'd say it's heavily underrated. Just got kicked out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Did did you hear, hear the last part?
1: No, 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 yeah, they're the last part, but we still need to to do one more.
0: Yeah, let's do one more to uh, cap it off. So in the same train of thought on, you know, these topics, intellectual property rights, overrated or underrated?
1: I think it's properly rated. I think it's overrated from the perspective that you feel like you had this original idea, so it's yours. Like a lot of people think that they came up with the idea but they did not. Like there was somebody else who at the same time or around the same time had the same idea. But from a perspective of ownership of the idea, it's good to have intellectual property rights. So I think I'm I'm mixed on this one because I feel like I completely agree with people giving away their intellectual property because in the end it's about what you can make from it, instead of mm-hmm. just saying like, I own the rights to it. So from that perspective, but then from the other perspective, it is like, you should accredit the person who came up with a certain version that you've used. Like it's, 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 it's kind of, at this point it's more about, how do I put this correctly? It's more about being being empathetic and, and paying respects to the person who kind of uh, inspired you or you took. The base from uh more than and it is like it it should be a thing of statement.
0: Yeah and especially when it comes to creative pursuits, right? Like if it's a technological innovation, yeah, then then you go a step further with patenting, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you're talking about creations like Disney IP, etc. like Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse, and maybe if you're going modern like the board API Club and open source software to software development as well. You kind of spark more creativity.
1: To be honest, to, to be completely honest, if people were better at distinguishing quality from knockoffs, we wouldn't need intellectual property rights.
0: We just wouldn't. But but what, what is quality and what is separate. a knockoff? Some <laughs> knockoffs are better than originals.
1: Yeah, but this, it's just general perception. And it's like, like, and, and the quality thing is, is arbitrary. It's, it's kind of objective. So no. I own, yeah, yeah, subjective. So I owned a Michael Jordan, like a Jordan brand shoe from Corvino Anthony. I bought it in China. I do for a fact it wasn't, it wasn't real, it wasn't made. It wasn't a real Jordan shoe, but that shoe lasted. When I was done with the shoe, I gave it to a friend who played hockey and was a goalkeeper in hockey and it was really useful because it has like the high uh, frame. So it goes over the ankles and he played hockey with it at least for two years. When I kind of was said and done with the shoe, that's how strong the shoe was. Even though if you would lift the lid up, you could see like all the stitches, like how it was stitched together. Like it was like, really, you could see this was a market shoe, which I bought like I know, for an insane price, which I can't buy shoes now anymore, but it was a knockoff. But then again, if you look at quality, like value, maybe not the quality, but the value that it had for me, it was like the greatest deal I could ever get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from that perspective, it become tricky, but like if you buy a knockoff of something, which happens quite often in the online space as well, like part of me says also kind of like, you have to know what's worth more than the other. And if something has more value for you than it has for somebody else, I mean, I'm okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm, I'm kind of torn on this topic and subject because there are of course, certain, certain situations
0: where intellectual property rights are important. I, I think, uh, yeah with with intellectual property rights i think the it comes that's so, some that's becoming more i guess annoying and prevalent is big corporation kind of abusing it i would say like oh you can't uh, do that can't yeah but h-
1: how much can you so so i think abusing is its it's hard it's, it's yeah
0: maybe too hard to the word abusing but no, no, when kind of
1: if, if they, if you buy it, if, if they buy it from you for a couple of millions of dollars, I mean, you can't really complain, can you? Like you decided to sell it off.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's uh for, for, your creation. Yeah.
1: in, in, in a it, case of, in a case of Facebook stealing literally everything from hashtags to checking in, to a live video, to, uh, okay, but the other thing in, is to realize what All those things that I just mentioned weren't things that were on the Facebook platform before they were already somewhere else. But then again, uh, most of them often don't work, but also they have the user base to make it relevant enough that enough people use it that they can decide to keep it or not. And they're different in that perspective from Google who kind of puts things in the graveyard when they feel. It hasn't progressed over time enough.
0: So, yeah. Okay. But then we're talking about products and features. Yes. Uh, Google killed a lot of useful products. I used to use some great products and killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very common with Google, but coming back to the inter- intellectual property, I, I think it's a nuance on especially creative inter- intellectual property, like I- idea-based intellectual property. Because at the end of the day, nothing is original. No,
1: from a creative, from a creative perspective, here's the problem that I have with it. When people take your intellectual property and they make something of it, which is worse. <laughs> like, I don't, I, if you take my intellectual property and you make something that's better, I'm actually pretty happy. I'm pretty damn excited. But, but even that, that is subjective. My, no, no, so, but that's, that's my ikigai. Like, I, I just don't want, like, But when you take my intellectual property and you make something with it, which is completely disgusting, where tens of different companies are like, this is a terrible idea. Was this yours? And I'm like,
0: oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Then it's it's completely different. When it's detrimental to the public image of the brand, then yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of the property. When it's like you've created something that's really good. And people run with it and they make it something that's terrible because they don't implement it from the same fission that you've created for the intellectual property. That's, that's where I, I get like cringy and like, ah. I don't want it. That's, that's okay. where the point is like, okay, let's, let's put it in so that it's supposed to be.
0: So, so I, I have an interesting idea what we should try to do. We, we touched some very interesting over-unders. I think we should look for a VTuber to have on the show. We should have a cosplayer and we should look for someone doing something with intellectual property. But what is the other one we, we missed? I, I missed one. There's a lot.
1: Yeah. we you want, you want like one of the actors from Casa de Papel on the show as well? Sure. <laughs> let's <why>? go. <laughs> so, well, let's, let's make the commitment to each other that we reach out to at least three people between now and Thursday. And I have to see when, when we can book them in. I think that would be a good commitment. And also something to close off it, which gives our viewers also something to look forward to. All
0: right, yeah, I guess this is actually a fun one went different directions, but in all in all, awesome to be back. Uh, looking forward, we, we actually didn't touch on Decon, but I think we can definitely talk about it afterwards. So yeah, I, I think
1: I think we should. I think we should bring.
0: uh, Oh, speaking, I can definitely reach out to some of the community guys, try to get one of them out. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should
1: definitely do that. With that being said, the audio version of this will be uploaded this weekend, right? And uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode next week, same place, same time. This was Social Cowboys. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.